I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Thanksgiving dinner was good, but what was even better? A win at home over a living legend as the Browns get set to hit the road to take on the Houston Texans. We get you set as we look back over the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and look forward to a big Week 13 matchup. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Gerard, evening, my friend. Good evening, Kenneth. Wonderful to speak to you as always. Wonderful to see you. Wonderful to get this win at home on Sunday. And I tell you what, it's so so needed considering the way the, the previous two weeks had went. And, you know, there was some fear, Gerard, coming out of the Thanksgiving weekend of what type of Browns team we would see, but they came out tough on defense. The offense struggled a little bit after the opening 15-play script and after the opening drive. They were able to get 10 points, and then things kind of struggled there for a bit, but the offense was able to plug away late, get in overtime, get a win. Nick Chubb scored the winning touchdown, and all of a sudden, 4-7. and seven, It's not the best. It's not what we hoped for, but with Deshaun Watson coming back, there is a chance as we head to Houston. Exactly, and that's the main component to it all. There is a chance. And when your defense plays the way in which our defense played on Sunday, you'll be encouraged by that, Ken, because, again, it was a stalemate. Their offense couldn't do anything. Our offense couldn't do anything. But the beautiful thing about it in our situation is that we've seen many times when our defense simply would just collapse, give in, would not give the effort we thought necessary to get the job done, and that certainly was not the case on Sunday. What did you think of the defensive performance in the secondary, especially a guy like MJ Emerson, the rookie, because it seemed like Tom Brady wanted to test him the entire game. I know he was looking for a couple of other guys with A.J. Green getting hurt and things like that, but boy, down the stretch, it just seemed like they kept trying to throw on number 23, and MJ Emerson was able to step up to the challenge. Yeah, providing tight coverage, not panicking, but embracing the moment. And we've said this before about – MJ and what he represents and how we love the fact that he welcomes the idea of I want the best receiver. No, I'm not trying to play it safe here. I'm not trying to avoid conflict. I want that, as we like to say, smoke. I want the competition. I want to test myself. I want to see if I'm tried and true. And what he's showing time and time again is that he is exactly that. I've been so impressed by him, Ken. But guess what? This goes back to training camp. preseason football, if you will, of this guy doing the right things, approaching it the right way, and guess what? It has carried itself on into the season, and you don't hear us talk about him hitting a rookie wall. Tom Brady, uh, by the way, you don't, and Tom Brady wanted to test him the entire game. Did you see, uh, there was a lot of things said about Tom Brady after that football game, Gerard. Uh, Have you seen a Tom Brady that has slowed down as compared to the hundreds of games that you've seen him play, and obviously the games that you played with him? No, I don't see it in that light because what I saw was just simply a misconnection with his receivers and things not being there and a lack of sense of urgency, not necessarily on his part other than that two-minute situation in which they're pretty much planning to go into the overtime 
And and once they got a catch, it's kind of like, okay, let's scramble and do something now. So that was a bit puzzling. But I keep hearing people with this narrative that this dude is slowing down. The guy lost 20 pounds. The guy went through a major divorce. And all divorces are major in a sense. But yeah. in his case, being the public person that he is and what his wife represents, I get it. Why you're not on why you're not on top of things. So if you want to say that from a preparation standpoint, things might be different with him and he's kind of getting back into it, that I can accept. But I still saw a guy from what it looked like who was slinging it, who was accurate with the football, just was not making a connection with his receivers. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's got great ones there when you look at Mike Evans and how good he's been throughout his career. What, now over 10,000 receiving yards in his career. We saw him as just a pup, and we've seen him just blossom as his years have gone by. And then Chris Godwin, we saw Julio Jones, Rashad Perriman, he tried to go to him. But the Browns defense was able to do a, a really fine job against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to ask you, though, you, you look at the final drive mm-hmm. that Tampa tried to mount, 32 seconds left. Were you surprised Todd Bowles just kind of decided to go to overtime with it? Because yeah. I thought maybe he should call a timeout before the Browns scored. I, hey, I'll take what I can get. Trust right. me on that one. I was glad he didn't. But I thought, okay, you got Tom Brady. In you're, I know he's a defensive guy. You're trying to make a stop. I get that. But it's like, boy, if you call a timeout here, you do get plenty of time just in case something were to happen because you're looking at fourth and ten. The chances of getting a first down and not a touchdown are, are not too great. So it was either going to score or you're going to get the ball back, and that was going to be the end of it. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing about it, Ken, is that they were surprised they picked up so many yards on the first and second down plays or basically got two first downs and the chunks that they were able to get and put them right around a 50-yard line, if I'm not mistaken. So they were like, oh, wow, we're in field goal range. What do we do here? So it seems to me the mentality was, oh, I guess we'll just take it into overtime. But quickly before we move on, I do want to say this. Yeah. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers remind me of, remember when the L.A. Lakers got Gary Payton, they got Carl Malone, and I'm leaving somebody else out as well. And well, it was I mean, those like, are the ones that we all remember, yeah. And it was like they did that, and they were like, okay, we're going to recapture glory with these guys, but they were behind there. They were just – they just got old, right? And <laughs> Julio is not the same Julio. That's obvious. And, and Mike doesn't look like the same Mike. And Godwin's coming off of – who had a good game is coming off of a knee surgery. So yeah. I, yeah, I get it. it. It was a good uh, it was a good defensive performance by the Cleveland Browns and it was a good defensive performance by this rookie who we have on the hotline right now. He has done a fantastic job in this campaign. MJ Emerson, the Browns rookie cornerback, joins us right now. MJ, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? We're doing well. Great. Can you can you take us through this this not just Sunday, but this rookie campaign where you've turned a lot of heads, you've not hit a rookie wall like so many do. Oh, man, you know, I'm I'm still figuring it out. It's a lot of ups and downs, you know, that come along with this journey. But, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, figure my way out through this game, you know, and just keep building it weekly. And I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Well, MJ, I want to say thank you for making me sound and look real smart because what you were doing in preseason and training camp, I picked up on early on in camp, and you've continued that. And I was telling people, hey, this guy's got a chance to do something special and you've been doing that. And one of the things I appreciate about your game, because when I do get a chance to hear you in the interviews after the game, you talk about the idea that you want that coverage. You want that top guy. Where did this mentality develop where you're saying to yourself, even as a rookie in the National Football League, that, hey, I want the best guys out there and I want to be in a position where I'm defending them? 
man, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, my preparation through the week and really just growing up, I always been like a, a major competitor. So, like, you know, I always want the best guy. You know, I want the hardest, you know, the hardest job. And I want to, you know, just, just like, I don't know. I just, I just always try to, I just, I don't know. I just always try to. Is this who you are? I, 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 just, I just got that chip on my shoulder, man. I just love competing. I love going against the best, the best player on the field, you know, and it's going to make me a better player. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Well, I love that outlook because that, that was going to be my next question. So the Browns get you in the third round, and immediately, like, you know, there's not a lot of coaches and things like that who love to talk to media members, but scouts, they love to talk, MJ. And immediately the phones start lighting up going, the Browns got to steal. You guys got to steal. You guys got to steal. And I'm thinking, that's great. I'm glad the Browns got to steal. But why wasn't he picked up in the first couple of rounds? Is You mentioned a chip on your shoulder. Is that something that you've carried with you this rookie year? Uh, yes, sir. I would agree. You know, um, my junior year, you know, I, I, I played really good ball, but I wasn't targeted as much. So I couldn't put a lot of good things on um, tape. But I feel like, you know, um, I came in as a true freshman. And the SEC, I know I started, I want to say, seven games. And I had a lot of good film. So when I, and I, in my peers, I know it's a lot of good cornerbacks coming out of that class. I know it's like the biggest job class. But I still felt disrespect, you know, I went as late as I did. But, you know, it's a uh, blessing, you know, that I'm in this situation. And I'm, I'm here with the Browns. You know, I wouldn't want it any other way. But, yeah, I feel like it was disrespectful, you know, that I was on the board that late, honestly. And, MJ, one of the things that we talk about, is the difference between college and pro game is the speed. And obviously you've done a phenomenal job of adjusting and adapting to that. But what was the first thing that you noticed when you did make that transition from playing against college guys to now guys on the pro level? Um, just knowing football, you know, football one-on-one. I mean, it's, it's real simple, you know, when you kind of understand the game. Um, the game speed is much faster than college. I would I would agree with that. But you know, as long as you know football, you know, and just you watch film and you study your opponent, then you know it, it won't be that fast. I feel like MJ Emerson joining us on the show. What can you? T- I know there's not a lot you can tell us. I don't want you to slip up or anything. But what can you tell us about what you're keying in on against the Houston Texans on Sunday? Um, just just coming in, you know, and doing our job doing my job and uh, just going one and zero. And then one more question, MJ. I, I saw that you tweeted zero catches, zero yards. Did Mike Evans That's respond right. back to that tweet? What did you say? What about it? <laughs> I asked you, did Mike Evans respond back to the tweet that you sent out clarifying things as far as the zero catches and zero yards that you had sent out? MJ, we, we thank you very much for the time. Continued success and all the best for the rest of the season. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good night. You, you too. too. MJ Emerson, Browns rookie cornerback, joining us in the player spotlight. When we come back, of course, later on, we'll talk to the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, and we'll talk about everything to come with the Cleveland Browns taking on the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson taking over the reins for the Cleveland Browns, what that's going to do over the next six games, and how well Jacoby Brissett has done for this Cleveland Browns football team. So stick around. The best is coming. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team. And we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, mark your calendars for a face-off on the lake presented by Meyer. The first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Gerard, final thoughts on that win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we get ready to turn the page to the Houston Texans on Sunday. One of the best games we've seen out of the defense situation where the offense was stalling. But more importantly, we didn't even talk about this, Ken. David Njoku, from a leadership standpoint, from Unreal. a get-the-job-done yep. standpoint, and what that represents for his maturation yep. and what he did on Sunday, I can't say enough. Because, Ken, prior to the game starting, he held the huddle. He talked about guys. He employed guys the need to go out there and play with heart and conviction, and he's been promoting the mantra of we're not done yet. And to go out there and play the way in which he played, to make that catch is one of the greatest catches I've seen, and I've seen a lot of football, was very impressive, man. Can't say enough about it. Well, you're right about that. You know, I, I, I've come away so impressed by not just his play. His play has been outstanding, but the way he's led uh, throughout. This has been a season where you've needed leaders and, you know, I, there's been a lot of question of some of those leaders here. But I, I think that he has risen to the occasion this year. And some guys, you know, they get paid and they they kind of go away. And David Njoku is having himself a fine season both on the field and in the locker room, being a leader and obviously coming through fantastically within this Browns offense. Deshaun Watson returning to the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about him here in just a moment. But Jacoby Brissett, 11 games Four and seven over that time, an emotional win on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Can you speak to the fans from the things that you see on the sidelines about how much Jacoby Brissett meant to this team during that 11-game stretch? You hear me talk about it all the time, Ken. Best teammates are the selfless ones, the ones who don't make it about themselves, who make it about the team first and foremost. He epitomizes that. That's what you love about Jacoby, his work ethic, his approach, his attitude, his just – Willingness to do what is ever necessary at the risk of self-sacrifice to get the job done for the team. It's hard being a backup quarterback. It's hard knowing you're in a position that no matter what you do, you're going to be supplanted. But he embraces that. He relishes that. And he's not negative. He's not in any sense uh, malcontent in the locker room. He knows what was at stake, and he did a hell of a job. And the fact that he outplayed Justin Herbert, the fact that he outplayed Lamar Jackson, the fact that he outplayed Joe Burrow, just to name a few, I am so impressed with that because I'm here to tell you, I was one of the skeptics, if you will, who said early on he's probably going to be the weak link to this football team. And that turned out to be completely wrong. He played well enough for us to win a bunch of football games, oh, right. more than we I, did I, win. I'll tell you right now, Gerard, I was right there with you, and he, he's done a fantastic job for this football team, finishes uh, his career uh, with – well, not his career, obviously. I, mean, I know he's still with saying, the Cleveland dog. Browns, but his starting stretch with the Cleveland Browns, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions, that, fa- that final touchdown, as fabulous as it gets, uh, to David Njoku when he went up top, got the touchdown, and then it sent the Browns effectively to overtime. So Jacoby Brissett, great human being. 
great football player for this football team, did a wonderful job as a leader for this team, and certainly his presence is going to be felt right there on the sideline as he'll put on his hat and he'll put on his headset and he'll obviously stay in the game. Hopefully we won't need him, but in case, we know we will be in good hands because as the offense is about to be turned over to Deshaun Watson for the final six games of the 2022 campaign, Gerard, and you know, a lot has been wondered about what we're going to get from Deshaun Watson and what fans want from Deshaun Watson. Let me ask you, what do you want to see out of Deshaun Watson, not just in this game on Sunday, but also through the next six altogether? I want to see his teammates pick him up. I want to see his teammates support him. I don't want to see a situation where they're like, okay, dog, you're back. It's all on you. It's never the case with the quarterback position in the first place. It's all about support when you play quarterback. But what I do want to see is that great athletic ability, that ability to do what? Break through a play in which is not, as we like to say, when you're in a certain play where it's not on schedule, how does he perform in those situations and taking care of business? The deep passing, that element, the running around the football field, design runs. I want to see all that stuff. What I don't want to see is a guy boggled down and overwhelmed with a bunch of play calls. I just want to see the guy be supported by his teammates and do the things that we've become custom for him to do. But with the understanding that he hasn't played up to that point, it'll be 700 days. It's been a long time for him. Gerard, honestly, I just want to see good, solid quarterback play. I don't think – I know I've seen him play exceedingly well, just exceedingly well in his time in the NFL and I think that time will come, but I'm, I, I'm thinking on Sunday, you know, Houston, as a football team, they look like easy pickings, 1-9-1. and one. It's true. I, I really think, though, that, you know, it, it, I think it gives fans visions of grandeur of 400 yards and four touchdowns and going crazy. I, I'd like to just see, hey, let's, let's move the offense. Nice Nick Chubb. Nice Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Get your you know get your bearings there. Get back used to playing NFL football. Might have to take a couple of hits just to get used to playing NFL football again. Get down to Houston, get a win, get back on the plane, get back to Cleveland, and then we kind of roll up our sleeves and see what's working, what we can work on, and things like that before you take on the Cincinnati Bengals next Sunday down in Houston or down True. in uh, Cincinnati. Well, down in Cincinnati, but here's the deal, though, Ken. Yes, the. Texans are playing a horrible brand of football right now, and they're more than likely going to have a new head coach and all that entails. Again, it is three three years it might be, yeah. Yeah, but you don't control who's on your schedule, and what you do is in these situations, you take advantage of it. So you have the perfect opportunity from this standpoint to actually take some chances and some risks in this game from a development standpoint because of the fact that their offense is anemic. You got Pierce, the running back, Allen – the quarterback, he's not doing much of anything. And you have a tight end who I believe his last name is Akins, and he, he's feast or famine. So it's going to be opportunities for you to take some chances. And defensively, what I want to see, though, is them flat out control these guys and get after them. And let's build on that, right? Let's build on what yeah. we saw, what we thought we were going to get after the Cincinnati game and went to Miami, Miami and got boat raced. So let's build on that. They are a good running football team, and Damian Pierce is very good. So it might be a situation where – it could be a little closer than you wanted it to be, getting ready for the fourth quarter. They mm-hmm. are a good rushing team. We've had problems ru- being able to stop the no rush doubt about it. throughout right. 2022. So it could be, well, we wanted to get Deshaun ready for this football game. We wanted to make sure that he was okay throughout this football game. But fourth quarter, Gerard, you might be calling on him to go out there and seal the deal, throwing the football, and then be able to get off the field with a win. 
Exactly. And that could be the scenario because Lord knows we have not done a stellar job of stopping the run. But I will say this, going back to Tampa, even though we're supposed to move on, yeah. after that big play, they had, what, 59 yards or something like that? True. I don't think we surrendered more than 40 yards after that, which is pretty impressive. They're very good against them. Folks, get in the First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access presented by Root Insurance and roll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Coming up next, we'll go around the league. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Folks, be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Gerard, we go around the league and first things first. Is the AFC North the Bengals' division to win or lose? They are tied with Baltimore right now for first place. All right, now I'm going to say to win. The reason why I'm saying that, Lamar Jackson leaving practice early. You have the collapse once again of that defense. And granted, it's Lamar Jackson's football team, but they are missing the services of Wink Martindale. They made a poor decision yeah, using did. him as a fall guy for the, for the woes of a defense that yeah, was so did. beat up. Heck, a team that was beat up, and they are struggling because of it. He I, he's doing a great job with the Giants. Yes, he is. And I know it, it, it's what's terrible for Wink Martindale. Honestly, is you see him on the sideline, and he is a he's a he's a different cat, and everybody just goes, "Oh, that's Rex Ryan." And it's like, well, I mean, he he's a character, but most defensive coordinators. I mean, you see, got Buddy Ryan, a lot of defensive coordinators. Our characters and Rex Ryan was a character. It's like, hey, eh. just because he, you know, he might be a little different, doesn't mean that he's not a great football coach or might be a possible head coaching candidate at some point there. And I tell you, he's done a great job with the Giants, and I totally agree with you. I, I think they used him as a fall guy, and he was the wrong guy to use because things are just <laughs> they don't seem to be right. They do no. not seem to be right over there in Baltimore right now. I mean, that's a football team. That very well could be nine and two, ten and one, right? And they have just let these games get away with them late in the fourth quarter. Uh, moving on, who's the best team in the NFC South? We've seen everyone but New Orleans. <laughs> Who do you think ultimately wins that division? Uh, it's still Tampa Bay, man. I know everybody want to bury them. I mean, the Browns when we want to play is a, our good football team. Key part is when we want to play. Yeah. And so for them taking the L to us does not surprise me because again, go back to talent. But we have learned this year what. Talent is not enough if it's not matched with great effort, and that's consistent effort. So I'm going to still say Tampa Bay is a team to beat in that division, and I'll stick with that because of the simple fact that they are the best team in that division when they want to play. I would agree. I'll, I'll say Tampa Bay with you. Um, Man, the Falcons, they were right there. They let that game get away from them on Sunday. I mean, they would have been tied. Yeah. They would have been tied in the South. The South's not great. And think about the Panthers. They're a game out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it is what hey, it is. What it is, their game out. Yeah, I mean, there's people want to do away with the divisions. Would you want to ever do away with the divisions? Uh, you a traditionalist? I I'm I'm not opposed to it 
because anyway you go, you're gonna get a good. I mean, the the game and the brand of football being played is great. It's yeah. just I like that. I like what from a parity standpoint what the division does because if you have a situation where man I dominate my division, I'm in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I can't win outside of it, but at least I dominate my division. Yeah, and there's a couple good teams that are still over in the division right now. I think and, the Bills and if that are still means over. I'd be a, I'd be opposed it. Because you need to play Cincinnati every year. You need to play the Ravens every year. And you also need to play the Steelers every year. So you might as well keep it in our case because that's, that's just rivalry that you don't want to get rid of. Buffalo, Dallas, or the New York Giants, where does OBJ end up? Oh, Dallas. It has to be Dallas. Better conditions. Won't be as harsh on a, a guy that's coming back from an injury, playing in those confines. It has to be Dallas. They're all, uh, they're all synthetic turf. So, I mean, that would have no difference in it. So. Well, I'm talking about the indoor versus outdoor. Would you well, rather be obviously, obviously. 20, 30-degree weather or 72? He's not, he's not going to Buffalo. <laughs> I, I mean, he's not, he's not. I'd be shocked. I would be flabbergasted. If he's going to Buffalo. And knowing what we know now, I mean, it, we, <laughs> we even knew then, but we're not going to say that here. It, uh, no, he ain't going to Buffalo. It, no, it ain't happening. Uh, I see him going to Dallas. I agree with you. Uh, Jerry Jones is enamored, and uh, I think he'll probably end up a Dallas Cowboy, and and, right, and he'd be playing with a very still a very good quarterback, and Dak Prescott, and a really good shot right there in the NFC East as well. Uh, can the Jets go back to Zach Wilson this season outside of being an injury replacement? Uh, outside of that, no. Exactly. Uh, you pretty much have drawn a line. Now, granted, Salah has, well, you know, we do work on and put on getting back in there, but that was weak. I mean, saying that. I mean, you say those things because you got to say it. I mean, but don't say it because if I'm in the locker room, I'm impressed by the fact you benched him. Keep that healthy morale. And, granted, you don't want to be about one guy being a fall guy, as we just talked about with Wink. But at least in Wink's case, there was no merit to it. In Wilson's case, there is merit because, one, you're acting like you're a petulant child. You messed up. Say it. Admit it. Guys respect that. I'll say this. I'm not too sure about the Jets. I like Mike White. I do like him as a quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. The only thing is, is that I still got to see. All right, what's what's the true Jets right now? Because I, I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. But you were playing the Bears, and the Bears aren't that great anyway. And then they had no Justin Fields, and then Trevor Simeon got hurt, and then he wasn't hurt, or who knows what was going on. So I mean, the Bears were still playing with an arm tie behind their back, and they're not very great to begin with. So I I, I was thinking, man, okay, the the Jets are well coached. They're a better football team than we give them credit for. No doubt. They're a very talented, yeah, good young football team. The Browns should have beat them. You're right. And I wonder about that, by the way, too. You know, we talk about the difference between 1-1 and and 0-2 and and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. They came in 0-1 in that football game. What would have happened? What would have happened to the 2022 New York Jets if they start off 0-2, if the Browns win that game like they like 2,300 or whatever the the name, (laughs) the number was of games that was there beforehand? I often uh, wonder that about the Jets. I, Robert Sala's doing a great job. I respect Well, that gave more reason to believe what he says, right? I mean, p- c- players, when a coach is leading you to success and what he says actually is playing itself out and you see it and, you, and it's manifesting, that gives him cred in the locker room and guys are going to follow him. They lose that game, slowly but surely, guys are going to start tuning you out. And that was a huge help to like, man, coach is right. We are capable. We can do this. Did you see what we just did to the Browns? I mean, you so, win a game like yeah, you win a game like that. Guys are going to play for you in the fourth. Heck yeah, I mean, believe <laughs> you. Yeah. When coach talks, people listen. Who should have the bigger buyer's bigger buyer's remorse right now? 
The Broncos for giving Russell Wilson. Don't answer it yet. The Broncos for giving <laughs> Russell Wilson the contract. Or the Cardinals for extending Kyler Murray. Oh, my gosh. This is an incredible question because they're, like, equal. But I'm going to actually go with – because on one hand, you have arrogance and elitism. You have arrogance and elitism. we got arrogance and elitism working, and then you got just flat out a me guy, self-centered. Which one is more detrimental? Broncos. Broncos. No, actually, I'm gonna go with the with the I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. They bought damaged goods. Cause no, I'm, but see, here's the thing with the Cardinals: the Cardinals have a head coach, a GM, and a quarterback all tied to the hip, and have the same agent. Well, but that's, what's gonna be but, harder yeah, remedy that but, situation hold, or the Broncos? But Gerard, we're talking just about the quarterbacks, so I mean, I hey, I, I get would agree that, with but you. it all factors in. Cliff in Kingsbury, that's fair, fine, but I mean, if we're just talking about quarterbacks, I'm just going by quarterbacks. Remember, Brady Quinn, and Brady Quinn was the same. He wasn't comparing himself to Russell Wilson, but Brady Quinn had that same injury here in Cleveland uh-huh. that Russell Wilson had, and he said he was never able to hold the football the same way. And you watch Russell double clutch, and you watch some of those decisions being made, and those players already don't trust him, and they're getting texts from people. And I remember what you said before the Browns game on Sunday. I knew that was from the bottom of your heart. That means that you've been talking to people. I thought for sure Richard Sherman was just talking like you for a second. My goodness gracious. And I I look at it and I go, hey, I I know that the the story came out. Sierra had a birthday party for Russ and like half the team showed up. No. Nah, I'm making uh, worse than that, Ken. Ten people showed up allegedly. Okay, well, they're grown men. Do I have to go to a birthday party for every single one of my coworkers? Well, it's your quarterback. Yeah. Do I have to? Yes. It's a Monday or Tuesday, and nobody's Monday night. Monday night, Russ Wilson with a superstar wife is throwing a birthday party, and no one decides to show up. That speaks volumes. That's some Bo Callahan type stuff. That's I was about to say. That's that's crap day. <laughs> I'm just pointing out. I, I might drop off if I got other things to do. If I'm a family man or something like that, I might have I might have other things I need to do. Do I really need to sit there and I don't know what a Russell Wilson birthday party is going to well, be you like? You might get a performance from his business. You think he's, he's going to get great food? You think you're going to do anything? Ambience. No, you're not going to get any of that. Russell Wilson is going to give you hot dogs, and you guys are going to serve pin the tail and play pin the tail on the donkey. You know it, and I know it. He's a bit weird. Well, apparently We're not going to have an adult birthday party. But see, Connor's even nodding his head yes. He knows it's true. But I'm still going to go with uh, Russell's issue can be remedied quicker than, than Kyler's, I think, because Kyler seems to be one of immaturity and – Russell's is okay. I need to wake up and realize that my stuff do stink. If, if if I don't see it now, when will I see it? Which coach will be more successful at their new school? Real quick, Matt Rule at Nebraska or Luke Fickle at Wisconsin? Oh, that's a hell of a question. I'm going to actually Fickle go with Wisconsin. Luke, I'm going to say Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. Simply, you because, agree? Well, of course, because he's familiar with the whole landscape now of college yeah. football. Rule didn't have to go through the NIL piece and explaining that. Now, granted, he was a major success at Baylor, but he doesn't. Luke, and on top of that, where is Nebraska getting players from? California players don't go there no more. Texas Not players anymore. don't really go there no more. Boom. So, but Wisconsin can get guys from Ohio because Luke has relationships. Mm-hmm. In the words of Bobby Knight, they still park at an angle in, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> that's funny. That's an old style. That's an old man joke right there. Your daddies will tell you that one. Gerard knows it.
Drod and I are old enough to know. Anyway, Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate, it's located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. It's fantastic. The Twisted Tea Tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Coming up next, the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. We'll look back at the win over Tampa Bay and preview what's to come against the Houston Texans. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Browns fans, enter for your chance to win Browns season tickets, free Milkbone dog treats for a year, and more. It's all courtesy of Milkbone, the official dog treat of your Cleveland Browns. Visit browns.com slash milkbone to enter. Then visit your local Meyer to check out all the varieties of Milkbone dog treats. Browns taking on the Houston Texans Sunday at 1. And on the call, well, Gerard Cherry will be on the sideline, but on the call in the booth, Jim Donovan. And he joins us right now. Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. Hi, guys. Good to be with you. Jim, first things first, your thoughts on that big win over Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. You know, I thought it was absolutely thrilling. It really was. And it came at a very, very good time because I think everybody's chin was kind of scraping on the ground, whether you were a fan of the Browns or a Browns player, because things had really deteriorated. And I thought that the script, um, you know, throughout the afternoon on Sunday was following that same pattern of, Early score, then offense goes silent. But there was a little bit of a difference here, maybe a big difference, and the defense was playing so well, and it kept them in the game. And then finally that thrilling end, I mean, it really was. And I'm really, really happy for Jacoby Brissett, for the way he played on Sunday, but really in total for the way he played and the way he carried himself in the 11 games that he was the Browns' starting quarterback. It was a job well done. And, Jim, I think about the call that you and Nathan made describing what took place with David Njoku and the throw from Jacoby Brissett. Take us through that, and what were your thoughts as you were watching the play develop? Well, of course, it was fourth down, and, you know, you're right down to it, and um, you're you're saying to yourself, you know, this is it. It's one play here, and um, it was so great when Chubb got them down on that big run to get them down in that position you know, to get to get first down near the 12-yard line. But then the first three plays really didn't net much, and so now you're down to it. Um, when he fired the ball over the middle um, and Njoku went up, it was just unbelievable. But to give you the, the God's honest truth, I was, it happened so fast, uh, and you want to get the call right. I said to myself, oh, my God, that is Njoku, isn't it? But I memorize uniforms and how guys wear their uniform. David wears a white towel off his belt. And so when he went up in the air, um, I kind of locked in on that white towel and realized it was him. So uh, it was just an amazing catch. It really was. Jim Donovan joining us here on the show. It was a great catch and a great finish to the football game. We look ahead to Houston and with Deshaun Watson taking over now, what do you expect from him, Jim, in this first game and then over the next five? Well, Ken, I think that, uh, I, first of all, I think that there's a great level of excitement uh, with the Browns players, and that's no slight on Jacoby Brissett at all or the way he played. But I think there is a natural excitement, and I think it's been building because, after all, Deshaun's been practicing the last couple of weeks and kind of getting his share of reps at practice. And I think the players 
And this goes back to even in the spring when he was getting so many reps and even in early part of training camp, they were excited about the possibilities for them and for the entire offense and thus the entire team because of the dynamic ability he has to make plays. Now, I don't know if we're going to see that in full force and in full array on Sunday because of the, you know, the tremendous amount of time that's gone by since he, since he last played. But I think we probably will see glimpses of it. Um, and the other interesting thing will be how Kevin Stefanski and, uh, and Deshaun Watson kind of marry each other's knowledge of the offense and what they can do and what Stefanski can call with the ability of Deshaun Watson. I think that's going to be fascinating as this thing plays out over these last six weeks, and it all begins on Sunday. But I think everybody is really excited to see this finally out on the field and not under a restriction like it was in August in uh, that, that preseason game down in Jacksonville where he was only going to play seven or eight snaps. I mean, this is full go now. And, Jim, I'm on record as saying I think the first pass will be similar to what you saw against the Jacksonville Jaguars, something easy, something manageable, a confidence-building route. Would you be shocked or surprised if out the gate Kevin Stefanski was like, let's go hit a home run? No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I really wouldn't. And I can remember that first play down in Jacksonville. And I, and I look back on that play, Gerard, and I think I've mentioned it to you a couple of times. If, if that ball, if he had only, you know, connected on that pass, you know, his night obviously I think might have gone a little bit smoother because it, it all fell apart after that. I mean, they lost their center on the next play. Uh, you know, there, were, there was a false start, and, you know, it was really messy. Um, but, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I really wouldn't. Um, you know, let him, let him do it, and let's see what we can do. You know, let's send Amari Cooper out there and see if they can get that, uh, that combination working right away. Um, I just really think, Gerard, that's going to be really enticing for Kevin Stefanski to really work with Deshaun Watson's abilities and his talents and incorporate that into his offense. It's just going to be fun to watch. Jim, looking at what the defense has done last week, I know that it's been up and down, and there's been a lot of valleys there too. But, you know, we had MJ Emerson on earlier. How impressive has he been to you in this rookie campaign of his? You know, I have to tell you, Ken, that game that he played on Sunday against the Buccaneers, um, you know, I can never remember uh, a Browns defensive back having that much business during an afternoon against that kind of talent with that great talent of the quarterback, you know, going after him throughout the day and how he responded. I've never seen a quarterback do that for the bulk of a game like he did. I might go back to like a big game one time, Frank Minifield of the famous Dixon and Minifield Browns cornerbacks had a great game one time in a big game against the Houston Oilers during the love you blue years down there in Houston uh, and he made some great plays, but boy, I, I've been impressed with MJ Emerson since that opening night in Jacksonville when he stole the ball on an interception and took it for a pick six. And I, uh, I just think he he is really becoming a tremendous talent at cornerback, um, and it really makes that pick of MJ in the third round look like one of the best picks Andrew Berry's made. Jim, we can't thank you enough for the time. All the very best to you, and we'll talk to you on Sunday morning. We will. Thanks a lot, guys. 
Thank you. Jim Donovan, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, joining us on the hotline, getting you set for the Browns and Texans coming up on Sunday afternoon. Coming up next, we'll tell you what we're watching for and give you a preview of the Kevin Stefanski Show coming up on Thursday night. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Thursday night, it's the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Coach and Browns wide receiver Anthony Schwartz joins the show. Gerard Anthony Schwartz, that end-round touchdown. What would you think of that back on Sunday? Uh, I thought that was something lovely. I thought that was a confidence builder for him to finally get a chance to flex his muscles and show you that speed and improve it from the first time we saw that play being run and that he kept it outside and got to the touchdown. So – Props to him. And he also made a play on special teams and caught a pivotal play within the course of the game. So very impressed with him. His efforts have gone unnoticed, but I saw it. I, I tell, Well, you know, I know he's had a very tough go of things. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that over the final six games, you know, things can be looked at in a, in a different light. Yeah, this um, is the catalyst. But if you can get him involved on offense, especially with Deshaun Watson coming in, you know, we'll see if we can. I think that a lot of, a lot of players – I don't want to look at it as, a, well, Deshaun's here, and so now we'll take it seriously. It's not that, but it is a chance to maybe wipe the slate clean a little bit, depending on what, what you've done over the first 11 games. Is there a chance you could say that, Gerard, and try to put something down that's really good and get wins here over the final six games? Heck, yeah. That's the whole point. You always want to finish strong. You've heard me say this on multiple occasions. They always remember your last four, and now the 17-game season, they remember your last five. Or maybe four and a half. <laughs> You're right about that. All right, what are we looking for in this game coming up on Sunday? Ah, you're looking for to just flat-out dominate a team that wants to be put out of their misery. Do not give them hope. Do not give them a, a thought and idea that they can compete with you. You have to go there with the right mindset and intensity. Because if you don't, they're not going to quit. They will stick around, but you have to put them early and often. And it's going to be a whole game because the Dolphins were up 30 to nothing by half last week. By the halftime mark. Yeah, to their credit, yeah. they fought back and got it to 15 to 30. Well, but, they mm, – But I know. I mean, Dolphins I, yeah, checked I mean, out. I get what you're saying. Working, yeah. but, but they didn't They didn't have to do that. They could just say, you know what, we're cool to 30 to nothing. They didn't have to try to score points. You're right about that. Defensively, what are you thinking about here against this Houston football team? Kyle Allen, it looks like we'll be going for the Houston Texans on Sunday. Well, if, if I'm a Texans, why even bother passing? Run the ball. Can yeah, we stop you from running the ball? Damian Pierce, a really good one. A yes, really, really good one. So the Browns will have a little bit of work cut out for them. They should win this football game. It will be a tight test as the Browns get set to head on down to Houston to take on the Texans. And we'll be talking about it coming up on Sunday morning. You'll get your next crack at everything coming up with the Kevin Stefanski Show at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Anthony Schwartz. Kevin Stefanski will join the guys at 7 o'clock Thursday. And then at 9 a.m., it all gets started on Sunday, Browns game day. Gerard Cherry and myself, 11 a.m., Browns kickoff show with myself, Andy Baskin, and Tyvis Powell. And then at 1 p.m., it's kickoff. Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry from NRG Stadium in Houston. Big thanks, as always, to executive producer Jason Gibbs, technical producer Meredith Kane, associate producer Connor Lawrence. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thanking you for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.